Well, good morning again, everybody. So as Keith said earlier, today we're starting a new series, and I'm excited about this. It's uh, The Untamed Jesus, colon, Strange Sayings, and Strong Words from the Prince of Peace. And what we're going to be doing in this series is we're going to be looking at places in the Gospels where Jesus does or says things that seem weird, harsh, or out of character. And we're going to be trying to figure out what we can learn from those things. Uh, because if you look through all four of the Gospels, I did this this week. I, you know, I have one of those Bibles with the red letters, and I read through all of the things Jesus said. Uh, there's a lot of things that at least uh, appear to fall in one of those three categories. Uh, weird, harsh, or out of character. Um, especially because... Uh, Maybe if we don't read a lot of the Bible ourselves, but we just kind of come to church, we, we get an idea of what Jesus is like. Um, and then when we read the scriptures, we find things and we, we, we read them and we think, I don't know if that really matches what I heard sometimes, you know? Um, we, we've heard that Jesus is peaceful, but sometimes when we are reading scripture, we find someone who seems kind of confrontational. Um, we've heard that Jesus is loving, but sometimes he seems severe. We've heard that Jesus is gracious, but sometimes he seems like he's got a little bit of a temper. Um, we've heard that Jesus is nonviolent, but in at least one instance in the Gospels, it sounds like he might be advocating violence. Uh, and we've heard that Jesus is the greatest teacher there ever was, but sometimes it's really, really hard to figure out what he's talking about, if we're honest. And so when we come across uh, passages of Scripture that seem to challenge our perception of Jesus, we can be tempted to ignore them uh, and just kind of focus in, on the ones that reaffirm the perception that we've had. But I don't think that's really a good way of dealing with them uh, because I think there's a lot of wisdom for us to gain when we look closely at the passages that on first glance we have a hard time receiving or understanding. So that's what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks. And we're going to be starting our series with a really short passage. It's actually just one verse, uh, one verse where Jesus says something that on first glance seems harsh and maybe out of character, uh, but it's really a very valuable and I think practical piece of wisdom. So if you have your Bibles, uh, I'm going to put it up on the screen too, but if you want to follow along, we're going to be looking not just at this one verse, but around this verse. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 7 verse 6. Matthew 7 verse 6. And I'll say a quick prayer uh, before we get into it. Lord, uh, we thank you for this chance to look at your word together, and we pray that uh, you would give us wisdom as we study it, uh, that your Holy Spirit would prepare our hearts to receive whatever it is that you might want to say specifically to each one of us. Um, God, we pray that we would be open to encountering you as you truly are, uh, even when you say things that are challenging. Um, and we, we pray, God, that you would just deepen our appreciation and our love uh, for you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Matthew 7, verse 6, the words of Jesus. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. So again, 
At least on first glance, I'd say these words fall into all three of those categories I mentioned earlier. Weird, harsh, and out of character. Especially harsh and out of character. Because here we have Jesus, right? The loving and gracious Lord. And he's calling people dogs and pigs. I mean, clearly he's not giving advice on how to deal with dogs and pigs, right? I think we can all agree on that. He's talking about people. And it sounds kind of harsh. It's kind of disrespectful, calling people pigs and dogs. And it also sounds uh, kind of exclusive and judgmental. Because it sounds like Jesus is saying that we should judge people. We should judge whether or not people are dog-like or pig-like. And then when we do, we should withhold good things from them, right? Um, in other words, that we should withhold good things from people unless they seem worthy, unless they meet our standards. Now, some of us, I hope, right now are thinking, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound like the character of Jesus because Jesus didn't wait to see if we were worthy before giving us what was sacred, right? He didn't wait to see if we had our act together before giving us the treasure of the gospel, right? No, the heart of the gospel message is that yet while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus gave his treasure to unworthy people. Because compared to Jesus, we are all pig-like and dog-like, okay? And yet that did not keep Jesus from giving up his divine privileges and humbling himself and coming to earth and living a human life and eventually getting crucified. So when we look at Jesus' life, we see someone who gives everything he has to give, even though many of the people that he gave it to did what? They turned and tore him to pieces, right? Just like he's warning here. Jesus didn't look down from heaven and say, I'm not going to give my heart and my time and my energy to these people, because if I do, they'll turn and tear me to pieces. No, he said, they're going to turn and tear me to pieces, but I'm going down there anyway because I love them. So how do we make sense of what Jesus is saying here? You know, is there a way to understand it that doesn't undermine everything that we already know to be true about Jesus? Well, fortunately, I believe the answer is absolutely. And the good news is that when we look at this verse a little more closely, and when we think about it in context, uh, it doesn't undermine what we know about Jesus. And again, it teaches us some very practical wisdom. So let's talk about context. One of the things that's important to me whenever I get up here and, and preach is that I don't want to just tell you guys uh, what I think, what my interpretation is. I want to show you why I got to that point. Because I think part of what's important for any pastor to do is to help everyone to read the Bible, right? I don't want to just tell you what the Bible says. I want to empower you to be able to read the Bible and understand it well. And one of the things that we always want to remember when we're reading the Bible is that we have to look at the context, okay? Which means when you read a verse, you don't usually just want to read that verse alone. You want to look at what comes before, and you want to look at what comes after. Just like if you received an email from a friend, you're not just going to start in the middle and read one sentence, right? You wouldn't want people to do that to your emails. You, would want, you know there's a logical progression of thought in what you're writing, and that if you just take one sentence out of the middle of it, you could be totally misunderstood. So we don't want to just look at this verse alone. We want to look at what comes around it. Now, this verse is part of Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount, 
where he gives a lot of his ethical teachings. And do you know what comes right before this verse in the Sermon on the Mount? This, this verse where Jesus seems to be encouraging us to judge people as pigs and dogs. Well, what comes right before it is a passage about not judging people. <laughs> uh, Matthew 7, verses 1 through 6. It says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of dust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now that passage there deserves a whole sermon in itself. But what I want us to recognize right now is the heart of it, which I would say are these simple points. Don't write people off. Don't condemn people. And instead of focusing on other people's flaws, attend to your own, right? Don't be worried about specks in other people's eyes. Worry about the two by four in your own eye. So unless Jesus is just wildly inconsistent, we shouldn't interpret verse 6 as encouraging us to write people off or to condemn people or even to see ourselves as superior to other people, right? Because interpreting that passage in any of those ways is going to contradict what Jesus just said. So, but if he's not saying any of those things in this verse, in verse 6, what's he saying? Well, let's think about the analogy a little bit more that he's giving. He says, don't give to dogs what is sacred, and don't throw your pearls to pigs. And we might be tempted to think really deeply about this, like, oh, what's the dog symbolize? And what do the pigs symbolize? And what does the pearl symbolize? And there's some symbolism, I believe, going on here, but I don't want us to get um, too, too detailed here. We need to think that, that what Jesus is doing here is he's saying two phrases that mean the same thing. It's a, it's a parallelism. So uh, dogs corresponds to pigs, and what is sacred corresponds to pearls. Okay. Um, now you might be wondering, okay, what is he really talking about when he says what is sacred and pearls? Is there, is there something specific in mind here? I talked about withholding good things, right? But is there something more specific that Jesus has in mind? Well, I think we can get some insight into answering that question from the fact that there is one other place in Matthew's Gospel that mentions pearls. And if you were with us in the fall, you know we did a series on the parables, and Rob Johnson actually preached on this passage. It's Matthew 13, uh, verse 45, and it says, The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. So, I'm pretty confident that when Jesus says, don't throw your pearls to pigs, what the pearls represent is the kingdom of heaven. Okay? Or, to put it in more contemporary language, the gospel. The gospel message. Uh, and to put it in very worldly terms, to talk religion. Okay? So, Jesus is not talking about uh, withholding all good things 
from certain people here. He's not saying that there are certain people out there that we should deny our company or uh, you know, food or water or shelter or our kindness or anything like that. But he's saying that there are some people who should not have sacred things tossed at them. The kingdom of heaven, the gospel. Okay? But even with that interpretation that I just gave right there, what Jesus is saying still sounds kind of out of character, doesn't it? Because why would he want us to withhold the gospel from certain people? Are we supposed to share the message of the gospel, the message of, of the redemption that's available through Jesus to everybody? Like, why wouldn't we give that to everyone? Well, I believe the answer to that question, are we supposed to share it with everybody, is, is yes and no. Yes, okay, we should seek to share the message of the gospel with everyone, but there are times when throwing that pearl is not going to do any good. Uh, there are times when, again, to put it in a worldly way, talking religion is not going to be beneficial. And I think that the analogy that Jesus uses here really helps us to recognize when it's not beneficial. So, uh, what happens if you toss something sacred at a dog? Let's say a communion wafer. I've never done that before, but I imagine what would happen is that the dog would eat it and then move on, right? The dog is not going to reflect on Christ's sacrifice for his sins or his need for forgiveness. He's not, he's not going to think about the price that was paid for him or, or the fact that he can have this relationship with God. He's just going to eat it and wish that it tasted like meat, you know, be disappointed that it didn't. Uh, and if you throw a pearl at a pig... Here's a pig. <laughs> if you throw a pearl at a pig, the pig's not going to say, oh, this is lovely. This is very nice. We should get this out of the mud. You know, if you throw a few more of these at me, we can string them and I'll wear them around my snout. It, what's probably going to happen is the pig is going to try to eat the pearl, right? And he'll be disappointed that he can't eat it. Or it's just going to fall in the mud and he's going to ignore it. It, it. it might as well be a rock the pig, right? And so what Jesus is saying here is that there are some people who respond to the gospel and religious topics just like the way a dog would to a communion wafer or a pig would to a pearl. If you talk about spiritual things, they are just not interested. If you share the gospel message, it's not going to spark any feelings of appreciation uh, if you have a friend like this, you might try to open up a spiritual conversation with them, and they're going to say, what's for dinner? You know, it just, they won't bite. And I think we all know people like that. And I think, truthfully, most of us have probably been that person at some point. So when Jesus refers to people as dogs and pigs, it's not, it's not a degrading thing. It's not like he's just saying it to be insulting. He's making an observation that is true, that is undeniable, that there are some people who just are not interested in what is sacred. They're going to respond to what is sacred like the way a dog would to a communion wafer or a pig would to a pearl. And what Jesus is saying is when you encounter those people, don't force the subject. Okay? 
Now, you might, th you might be thinking, okay, are you really sure that that's what Jesus means here? I'm still not convinced. Well, remember, to understand the passage, we want to look at what comes before and what comes after. We haven't looked at what comes after yet. So let's see if what comes after helps to reinforce this interpretation at all. So what comes next? Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, I think that this actually really supports our interpretation of verse 6 very well. It complements it. Because what Jesus is saying here is, if we seek, we will find. In other words, if we're looking for God, if we're earnestly seeking the truth, we will find truth. Right? Now, there's something else that Jesus doesn't say explicit here, explicitly here, but it's implied by this, which is that if we do not seek, we probably won't find. Right? Because there's not much point to saying, if you seek, you will find, if you can find without seeking. It's just, why would you even bother to say it, right? So Jesus is saying that a prerequisite to finding spiritual truth, to receiving the gospel, is to seek, right? It's to be curious. Uh, it's, it's that interest in what is sacred. So what Jesus is saying here, I think, follows really well from our interpretation of verse 6, or the interpretation that I presented so far, because in verse 6, we have Jesus saying, essentially, don't try to force the gospel on people who aren't interested in it. And then in verses 7 and 8, we have him saying, the kind of people who receive the gospel are the kind of people who are interested. So we have a logical progression of thought that makes sense. So I think we've got the right interpretation here. All right, so next question. If this is true, how do we live this out, practically speaking? Uh, does this mean that we should never talk about God or Jesus uh, or the gospel unless somebody comes up to us and just says, how can I be saved? Because I don't know about you, but that's, that happened to me once, actually, fairly recently, <laughs> which blew my mind. I was taking my dog for a walk. And, Literally, that happened to me. Um, but most of the time, that doesn't happen. <laughs> um, so I don't think that that is what Jesus is telling us here, um, that we should only try to share the gospel if someone just comes up and basically begs us to start telling, that, telling them about it. Um, now, one of the reasons I say this, and you're, you're kind of going to have to take my word for the, on this, because I don't want to bore you with the explanation. <laughs> but in the Greek, uh, which this was originally written in Greek, um, the verbs for give and throw have continuous aspect. Um, and so I, I think it would be fair to translate this as, do not continually give dogs what is sacred. Do not continually throw your pearls to pigs. There's this connotation of ongoing action. So Jesus isn't saying, don't ever present the pearl of the gospel to someone unless they're seeking it first, unless it's clear that they're seeking it first. He's saying, don't repeatedly try to force this on someone if they're not interested. So you see the distinction there? 
So let's talk a little bit about the reason that Jesus gives for not doing that. Right? He says, if you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. Ugh. So to put it simply, forcing the gospel message on people, one, isn't going to lead them to appreciate it or to change their minds. That's the, uh, I'd say, the trampling them under their feet part. They're just going to hear it and then just walk all over it. No, I, you know, I don't appreciate it. My mind's not changed. And then secondly, it could have negative effects on you. So that's the tearing you to pieces part. And there's two ways that I can think of that it can have negative effects on us. Two ways that it can tear us to pieces. So the first is the more obvious one, which is that if you try to force this on somebody, they can get hostile, right? They can turn and just, you know, yell at you if they're really angry and in a bad way, they might try to hit you or something like that, right? Um, they, if if you're, you've been close to them and you're insensitive to them, they might cut you out of, your, out of their lives. So those are all ways that we can get torn up. Um, but, but the second main way that I'm thinking of is um, a little less obvious, but I think it happens a lot, which is that when somebody doesn't appreciate something that you really appreciate, it hurts a little, you know? Um, and if you share the gospel and somebody doesn't appreciate it, um, it can tear you up. It can uh, really do that. I mean, aside from the gospel, take a moment and just try to think of something that you really, really appreciate. Maybe like a certain song that's your favorite song, or a movie that's your favorite movie, or maybe just a particular place, somewhere you go on vacation that's like very dear to you. And imagine that thing you know, in your head right now and imagine you're trying to share it with somebody, and they go, that's stupid. Or they go, eh, it's okay. I don't know about you, but for me, that's kind of like, ow. I don't, you know, that tears me up inside. And when you get torn up inside in that way, because someone doesn't appreciate what you appreciate, it can make you sad, but more often I think it makes us angry. And when we're trying to share the gospel, and we're angry, or we're responding to people with anger, it, it never does any good. Um, if you give a pig a pearl, and the pig doesn't appreciate, appreciate it, getting mad at the pig is not going to help the pig to appreciate it. What's wrong with you, pig? Don't you see how beautiful this pearl is? Why don't you appreciate it? Are you stupid? So it's not going to change the pig's attitude. It's not going to do anything. It's like... Uh, getting mad at someone because they don't like a certain food. Like my brother, he doesn't like lobster. I like lobster. And uh, that's not a point of contention for us or anything, but <laughs> if, if I got mad at him because he didn't like lobster, uh, that's not gonna help him like lobster. In fact, I imagine he'd probably just like dig his heels down more and like, no, I'm never gonna eat it, you know? Um, and if we get mad at people because they don't seem to appreciate the gospel the way that we do, it's just as ineffective uh, as getting mad at people for not liking a certain food. And actually, probably even more so. So, I think what Jesus is saying here, what he wants us to realize, is that what is best both for ourselves 
and for other people when we're trying to share the gospel is not to force the message on people. Not to force the message. Okay. Now you might say, well, but there are people in my life who I love so deeply. And I want them to know what I know. I want them to know Christ. I want them to know God. I want them to have that experience. So what am I supposed to do? What can I possibly do? Well, this passage that we've looked at this morning, of course, this passage itself does not answer that question. Um, But I feel like that's a question that we're left with. And so as we close this morning, I want to just offer a couple tips for what to do when we find ourselves in that situation. Like, how can we be faithful to still share the gospel while at the same time honoring what Jesus is saying here, not throwing the pearl repeatedly. So I have uh, four, four tips. The first one is a simple one, and it probably goes without saying, but you keep loving them. Okay? You don't cut them out of your lives. Uh, you don't stop being friends with them. You keep loving them. You maintain the relationship. Second thing is you relinquish control and entrust them to God. One of the reasons that we end up throwing our pearls at people who aren't interested is because we want to control them. We're attempting to control them. Like, this will do it. This will do it. Then they'll change. But we can't control people. I say relinquish control, but you're really just acknowledging that you didn't have it in the first place. Um, There are some people who point out that right before all this talk about not judging people and the pearl, you have a whole section on don't worry. You know, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about clothing. Don't worry about having your needs met. And in that whole section, some people will say what unites all of these is this theme of just acknowledging that you're not in control. Don't try to control everything about having, you know, Uh, all your needs met. Don't try to control people. Just let go. Relax. Um, So rather than trying to control situation, we need to entrust people to God. Which means trusting that God is going to be at work in their lives to do what is necessary to help them to reach a point where they can appreciate the pearl of the gospel. And that can be hard to do. But That's what we need to do. We entrust them to God. Trust that he's at work in their lives. Because if he's not, it's never going to happen anyway. Right? Third thing is we can do things to gauge interest in the gospel. Somebody might not have been interested in the gospel a week ago, but you don't know where they're at today. Right? So you can be intentional about doing things to gauge interest. Um, If you don't know whether someone is open to the gospel or not, become good at asking questions. You know, try to ask the kind of questions that determine whether or not they're in that position. Um, I think probably the best way to actively evangelize is becoming a good question asker. Um, You know, look for opportunities to ask people, what do, do they believe about God and about the purpose of life and about right and wrong and all the big questions? And when you ask, listen. Don't just ask so that you can then 
say what you have to say, you know, actively listen. People appreciate that. And then eventually you can ask the question, well, do you mind if I tell you about what I think about that? And if they say yes, go ahead. That's not throwing a pearl, right? They gave you permission. And of course, you can always invite people to church. I don't think that's throwing your pearls unless you continually do it after they've told you not to. Um, so I would say what we need to do is we need to learn to ask questions and extend invitations that give those who are seeking an opportunity to find. Okay? We, we want to try and avoid the sort of activity that just forces something on people who are not interested. But we, what we want to do is be intentional, intentional about extending invitations and giving opportunities for those who are seeking so that those who are seeking will realize they have an opportunity to find through you. And then finally, uh, last one, number four, this probably goes without saying, but we need to be praying. Um, we need to pray that the people that we love would be spiritually curious. You know, pray that they would feel compelled to seek, right? Because until they're brought to that point of being compelled to seek, they're, they're probably not going to find. Those who seek, find. So no matter how many pearls are thrown at them, they're not going to find unless they seek. So pray that that spiritual hunger would awaken in them. But don't just pray for them. Okay? Pray for yourself, too. Uh, pray that you would be sensitive to when the opportunities present themselves to share the pearl uh, rather than throw it. You know, we don't want to throw the pearl, but I think it's okay to take it out now and then and see if it catches anybody's eye. There's a difference there. Um, and I think that, although there are some people out there who respond to the gospel and spiritual things like a dog with a communion wafer or a pig with a pearl, many, many people do not. <laughs> many people really are interested. Because all of us are looking for meaning and for love and for acceptance, for freedom, and for something to worship. And the gospel addresses those needs. So let's be praying that God would keep our eyes open to the opportunities that we have to help people to meet those needs. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you uh, for this strange verse and for the wisdom that's in it. And God, I pray that uh, you would help us to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit's leading. Lord, your spirit works to... Um, awaken spiritual curiosity in people, and we don't want, want to try to force something where it's not, you're not already uh, doing something. Lord, we want to trust that your timing is best. Um, so God, I, I just pray that uh, we would embody your love, uh, your grace, uh, your intentionality in the way that we interact with people when we're trying to share uh, this message that is dear to us, God. Um, I, I pray, Lord, that you would awaken spiritual curiosity in the people around us, that you would present opportunities for us to share, and that you would help us to be um, ready, uh, ready to give an answer for the hope that we have, ready to articulate uh, the beauty and truth of the gospel. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.